Hey, super friends. Don here. Belmar. 5.14 in the AM. Ambush medical minute. Who's with me? I'm here. Emily. David. We can thank David for this medical minute. At one point tonight, he giggled to himself, looked at us and said, it's 4.20 on 4.20. And he was absolutely correct. So the topic of the medical minute today is weed, cannabinoids, why we see people with cannabinoid-related complaints in the emergency department. But first, a little bit of social or cultural history. Dave is going to tell us where 420 came from. Uh, it originated in the 70s with a group of high school kids called the Waldos because they hung out by the wall in high school and they were a bunch of jocks. And they would meet at 420 in uh, reference to a Coast Guard, that guy that had a map to a marijuana plant that farm that he couldn't watch anymore, so they would always meet at 420 and get high and go try to find it. And they used to hang out with the Grateful Dead also, so the term started floating around 420s, smoking marijuana with the Grateful Dead Society, and then it got caught on with High Times Magazine, who then went nationwide with the term. Thank you, Dave. Yep, I'd always heard that 420 was a police code. Uh, for marijuana, so David has corrected my understanding of where that comes from. Uh, other cool things David has enlightened me about 420 is Pulp Fiction, all the clocks are set to 420. So, And also Senate Bill, the Senate Bill that uh, California used to pass for legalization of medical marijuana uh, was Senate Bill 420. So those are also kind of funny things. And of course today is 420, and in Denver... They're having a big 420 celebration, right? So be careful. Oh, they canceled it? I think so. Emily, why are you crying when you told me they canceled it? <laughs> okay. So anyways, so weed. Weed has been around for a long time. Uh, the first, do you, do you guys know where weeds com- comes from, where the plant was actually originally discovered and used? Mm-hmm. No? Okay. So it's actually a plant that's from Asia, and its first use was actually in China. So first used medically in China back in uh, 2400 BC. So a very, very long time ago, okay? Since then, weed has obviously spread throughout the world. It's had a lot of practical purposes. For example, uh, hemp, uh, which is a really strong fibrous material is used a lot in ropes and has been used a lot for industry. But then people also found out that, hey, if you smoke this stuff or put it in tea, it makes you feel really funky and people like to get high. So um, we're one of the only states in the country, the first ever to legalize marijuana. And as a result, we see a lot of marijuana-related complaints in the ER. You guys, what do you see the most? Just asking you guys here. Vomiting. Vomiting. Yeah, vomiting. Okay, yes. And vomiting definitely is related to weed use. And it's only something that's recently been discovered. And it's called uh, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, or CHS. But I thought weed was supposed to be good for nausea. That's what they say. That's what they say, right? And it's actually really interesting. Uh, they did a, it was a great thing that the uh, Department of uh, the big kind of Department of Health Services, uh, the national government launched a bit of a study into it, and there's a paper online that kind of goes into the pathophysiology of it, which is kind of dorky, but I spent 30 minutes reading about it, so I'm going to talk with you about it now. Is uh, In weed, there's three major chemicals, right? And those chemicals are, number one, 
THC, right? Tetra, tetrahydrocannabidol. And that's the one that gets everyone high, that everyone knows about. And then there's other ones, such as cannabidiol, okay? So that's not tetrahydro, it's a much smaller molecule. And then there's a third one called cannabigerol, okay? So there's three different things that are active metabolites that you get when you smoke the marijuana, okay? So the first one, THC, is the one that has big effects on the brain and uh, makes people high. It also has some effects on the GI tract, okay? And that's net thought to be something that decreases nausea. So it's good for nausea, we think. There's the second one, which is cannabidiol, and this is the one that you'll often hear people talk about for seizure treatment, right? But this one is actually interesting because at low, at low doses, it has an anti-nausea effect, and at high doses, it actually induces nausea and vomiting. And then the last one is cannabigerol, and that actually, when they give it to rats and give it to, give it to people in studies, makes you nauseous. So it's got a pro-nausea effect, okay? Now, cannabis hyperemesis syndrome is actually seen in people who smoke weed and smoke a lot of weed for a very long time, okay? So the average kind of time that people are smoking weed and get symptoms is like 16 years. But still, these are kind of young guys, right? So it's interesting. They, they've classified it as three different stages. They get a prodromal phase where people oftentimes get sick in the mornings and they're like, hey, I'm nauseous. So what do they do? They say, hey, it's time to smoke more weed. So they smoke more marijuana. And then at a certain point, the, the, your physiology and your body starts reacting differently to those different compounds. And you get hyperemesis where you just get this really severe, profound nausea and vomiting. And that usually will go on. And on average, these people, when they start switching this phase, will lose around 10 pounds. And those are from big GI studies. It's, it's pretty damn severe nausea and vomiting. Mm-hmm. Now, this is often confused with cyclic vomiting syndrome. And they're really, really different. Some people with cyclic vomiting smoke a little bit of weed, right? But the people who have actually cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome smoke a crap ton of weed and have done it for a long time. And there's some physiologic differences too. For example, in cyclic vomiting syndrome, uh, these people have delayed gastric emptying, uh, oh, sorry, have um, rapid gastric emptying, whereas cannabis hyperemesis syndrome, they have delayed gastric emptying. And then there's a behavioral thing that we look at to make the diagnosis. Do you guys know that behavioral thing we look for? Mm-hmm. No? People with, uh, with cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome love taking hot showers. So often as part of the history, we'll ask them, do you guys, you know, one, do you smoke a ton of weed? Yes. And then two, what do you do to try to make yourself better? And a lot of these people have learned that taking showers makes them feel better temporarily. Now, do we understand why that happens? Absolutely not. You know, there's a lot of different theories for why. A lot involve the hypothalamus, for example, uh, saying that if you get vasodilation from showering hot, it has a anti-nausea effect with these people. But the truth is, we absolutely have no idea why uh, people feel better when they did hot showers. But you will see some people uh, rubbing icy hot on these people who come in with cyclic vomiting because it has a somewhat similar effect, okay? Um, So how do we treat these people in the ER when they come in? We treat them pretty much the same as cyclic vomiters. 
We test them to see if they're severely dehydrated. We try to give them IV fluids to hydrate them up. We give them nausea medications. Uh, and the thing that I've found, and there's actually one study that kind of backs this up that says it's a decent therapy, is Haldol. I love Haldol with these people. So I give them five milligrams of Haldol. And at least to me, that's the best thing I know of to get their nausea better. Okay. Um, the real important thing for these hyperemesis people is just to get them to stop smoking so much weed, you know? And, uh, and that's always a challenge because they think that it's good for them when in fact their physiology has changed and it's really bad for them. But, you know, it's something that's a struggle. Okay, what else do you see people come in for with marijuana? Um, I mean, anxiety. Some people get anxiety with it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people get really anxious, right? It's like the bad high. And I see a lot of people more from out of town than from in Colorado who come. They come in for the weekend and they, they grab, a, grab a blunt or grab a few candies and they, they eat too many or smoke too much and they, uh, they have a bad, uh, bad, little, uh, bad little trip with it. Um, and why is that? You know, A lot of it is because the stuff we have now isn't grandma's marijuana, Okay. It's the marijuana has gotten so much higher in THC concentration in the last few years. The average, basically, you know, blunt has around, uh, and I just shouldn't say blunt because blunt is a, do you know the difference between a blunt and a, uh, and a normal marijuana cigarette? Well, I think a blunt ha is made out of, like, cigar. Yeah, and good. And the other one is just paper. No wonder you cried when you heard 420 <laughs> celebrations were canceled. You see, she is, she is spry. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, so Emily is completely correct. But uh, in a normal marijuana cigarette, okay, uh, they think that there's actually three times as much THC nowadays than there was back in basically the 1960s and 1970s when everyone was running around smoking, smoking, uh, smoking weed. So the, the, the people who basically back in the 70s used to be able to burn down a joint and feel a little bit high come to Colorado, they burn down a joint, and suddenly they're like, oh my God, why is my face melting, you know? So it's a lot stronger marijuana that we have nowadays than back in the past. So how do we treat those people? We usually give them a little bit of Ativan. We usually tell them everything's going to be okay. You know, compassionate nurses hug them and pat them on the back. And, you know, eventually we get these people out. There's one group of patients who gets really sick with marijuana. What is that? Like ICU type sick. Like intubate them type sick. Mm. It's kids. Kids get really sick when they get into high concentrations of marijuana. And there's been multiple cases where uh, it's mostly edibles. Kids find a whole candy bar and a one-year-old or two-year-old chows down a whole thing of uh, basically marijuana candy bar. And then it actually either one gives them seizure or two can give them a coma-like state. And a lot of these kids require intubation. After intubation for airway protection, it's usually just... Um, related to supportive therapy and letting their liver metabolize the the cannabinoids and get rid of it okay um so cannabinoids are interesting too they're really fat soluble which is why you get high off of them so fast right they cross in the brain the brain's full of fat and uh and basically that's that's why it's such a such a good uh, intoxicant but it also stays in fat for a long time so that's why people who smoke marijuana can have a positive marijuana test you know weeks and weeks out, whereas people who uh, do other things that aren't as fat-soluble, like cocaine, it's out of their system in like three days, okay? Um, 
But there's an interesting phenomenon uh, that kind of gave me a chuckle, that basically people will smoke a bunch of weed, they'll have a bunch of it in their fat, and then if they get into a time of stress, uh, when their body starts breaking down the fat, they'll release release all their cannabinoids, <laughs> so they'll get like a secondary high, oh. you know? Yeah. So it's a uh, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. So so and and that could be bad too, because I imagine that there's a time when people are like have GI illnesses and they're vomiting and their body's like, okay, we haven't got nutrition based on all the fat, and then they're hungry and vomiting all the time. So yeah, that's that's funny. Okay, very funny. Okay, cannabinoids. Let's talk. Uh, so that's the things we see people for in the ER most often. Uh, long term, it's really interesting. There's really conflicting studies about people who smoke a lot of weed and whether it makes them much dumber. You know, like the typical like, oh, what man, Chi Jin Chong stoner. I can't remember, dude. You know, that type of guy. And the studies mostly state that it does not. Uh, there's, for example, twin studies where you have one twin. Uh, who doesn't smoke a lot of weed and one twin who does smoke a lot of weed and they'll follow them for a long time and at the end it's not like you have one twin that's a super genius and one twin that's a stoner retard you know uh, so oftentimes the studies say no but then there's a new study that says that people have trouble remembering things better with really really heavy use you know so interesting otherwise marijuana compared to alcohol and a lot of other drugs of abuse uh, is more on the mild side in terms of things that we were about being terrible long-term, you know? So, kind of an interesting bud, drug. Any other questions about marijuana on 420 Day? I don't think so. Nope, I got it all. Okay, uh, Dave? Well, I was wondering about the validity of an allergic reaction from the marijuana as far as the hyperemesis goes. Like, I've heard that that's... Yeah. is that they've grown to become allergic to like like as we do when we mature as an adult is there any truth to that yeah i wouldn't call it an allergy uh what i'd call it is a tolerance and there's some changes that can occur at a neurologic level uh that make you that change your body's reaction to a drug so for example it's not an allergy but people who use uh opioids for a long time are more prone to chronic pain and more prone to um to things like complex regional, uh, what's the hell, how's that term? Complex regional pains, complexes, because their body uh, with their opioid receptors has learned, hey, there's a bunch of opioids here and it's changed physiologically, right? Your body's got amazing plasticity. It's able to adjust uh, to, to different things that it encounters in the environment, in its physiologic environment that are introduced or otherwise. So in a human who's been smoking a lot of weed, we all have cannabinoid receptors, right? There's two types of cannabinoid receptors, cannabinoid receptor 1 and cannabinoid receptor 2. Cannabinoid receptor 1 is the one that's found in the brain in your GI tract and has a lot, of, a lot to do with, uh, with the effects of marijuana on you. And there's cannabinoid receptor 2, which is found mostly on immune cells. Yeah? So cannabinoid receptor 1, actually, um, you can have changes in that over time in the sensitivity it has to cannabinoids and the sensitivity that, uh, and how your body reacts to it. And what they think happens is over heavy marijuana use over the course of years and years, your body changes how it reacts to it. So it's not an allergy, but it's a physiologic adaptation. And this type of pathologic physiologic adaptation to people who smoke a lot of weed, but uh, an adaptation rather than an allergy. Yeah. 
Yep, and the key difference, David, is is those physiologic adaptations are, you know, um, not not related to your immune system. When allergy is something where you take something, your immune system recognizes it's really bad and goes kind of ape crap, uh, and and you get hives and you get sick, etc. This is much different. This is this is related to changes in physiology. Okay. Yep. So, okay. Thank you. Okay, friends. Mar- Marijuana 420 Medical Minute. Dave's laughing. Dave, what have you been doing recently? I'm good. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Okay, people. Be safe out there. Bye-bye.